Shalom, and I hope all is well. My name is Yitzchak Schiffman. Thanks for tuning into this podcast, and I hope you enjoy the Torah classes in it. Now, on to the episode. Today's daf, Meseches Kiddushin, is daf Chavdale 24. We're beginning at the very bottom of Chav Gimel and we're going to have four sections in today's daf. So the first section picks up, really, with the conclusion of yesterday's Gemara. Yesterday we concluded that the Machlaikis between Rameir and the Chachamim is premised on the ability or lack of the ability for someone to give the Evet, and as we said, similar to an Isha, with a condition, you can utilize this money for some purpose outside of your husband acquiring it. Rameir says that's ineffective, and Mashakana Isha Kana Baila, or Mashakana Evet Kana Rabbi, and the Chachamim said it is considered effective. The problem is, as we turn to Chavdal Ramad Aleph, we have a Brisa regarding the pigeon, the redemption of Meiser Sheni, that seems to imply the exact opposite shitas, because the Brisa says that the Chachamim hold, if a woman redeems Meiser Sheni, she has to add a fifth, which is what an owner of Meiser Sheni has to do, and Rameir says she doesn't. Now, the Gemara says it seems to be it's a scenario where someone gave her money, Gemara concluded, and he gave the money that she should redeem the Meiser Sheni, and yet the opinions seem to be in the reverse, that the Chachamim say that Tanai is disregarded, the husband owns the money, and therefore she has to add a fifth, simply as a shliach of the, of the owner. And Meir says the opposite, that she doesn't add a fifth because it's considered her money. So the Gemara gives two terutim. Abayi says, Eipuch, in Echanam, you have to switch around the two opinions of the Brisa. And Rava says, this is a totally different discussion. Really what's happening here is, she's using the husband's money to redeem Meir Shani that she inherited from her father's house. Meir holds Meir Shani is considered mamon gavoa, money that is uh, given to us by Hashem to enjoy, but not our property. Therefore, she doesn't inherit it and her husband doesn't inherit it. So it's like she's using her husband's money to redeem someone else's Meister Shani and there's no fifth added. The Chachamim, however, hold that it's considered Momon Hedjot, normal people's money, and therefore she does inherit it and her husband gets it. And therefore, it's like her redeeming with her husband's money his Meister Shani, which is why she has to add a fifth. Moving on to the second section now, towards the bottom of Chavdal Ramad Aleph, says the Gemara, what is the source that the other Rosh Evarim, the tips of limbs, are knocked off or damaged by the master, the Eva would go free? The Gemara says like this, it can't be it's a simple memotzinu from Shein Ba'ayin, because even though Shein Ba'ayin are both necessary to be written, as the Gemara says, it would then emerge that you'd make a klaluprat, and you would then have to say that since klaluprat would only include things that are uh, Shein and Ayin itself, because the w- rule of Klal and Prat is that it only includes the Prat. So then you wouldn't be able to include also the other Rosh Evarim. Turning to Chavdal and Mubez, so it can't be either a Klal or Prat or Klal, because then it wouldn't include scenarios that are not considered Batal Melachto, where the damage is caused that it makes something still usable in the way that it was usable prior. And we know that the Allah is when he pulls the beard and dislocates a bone from the Eved's face, which is not considered batal Melachto, he still goes free. So rather, the Gemara concludes, it's a riboy miyot riboy. It's more of an inclusive type drush of a riboy miyot riboy, which excludes only those things that will heal. Like if he struck the hand and it withered, but it will recover, then the Evid wouldn't go free. But something that's batal Melachto would be included also that the Evid would go free, like the case of pulling the beard, causing the bone under the skin to be... Uh, damaged irreversibly. Okay. 
Let's move on to the third section now. The Gemara now is major machlaikis. If after damaging the Rashi Evarim like this, is there a necessity for a get shikhr or not? Now there's a machlaikis tanaim about this, two explanations, which emerges that there's really three opinions as follows. Some of the opinions say there's never a need for a get shikhr following this damage, even for the other limbs, not just Shane Ba'ayin, because since it says first, Lachafshi, it teaches that the slave goes free immediately upon such a damage with no necessity for a get shikhar. And the word Yishalchena written after includes he goes free with Rashi Evarim as well. Some say it's always needed because we learn from Isha, just as an Isha is freed only with a get shikhar, even an Evid who's damaged with Rashi Evarim also needs a get shikhar. Now the middle opinion says as follows. This is how Taisva seems to learn. Some say that you need a get shikhar for the other limbs because they're considered Midrash Chachamim derived from the Pesukim, but not written Mefurash. However, you don't need to get Shekhar for Shein Va'ayin because they're written in a Mefurash type way. Okay, now, the bottom lo- the, the final section of the day, the fourth section, talks about damages that would send an Evid free and not. So let's go through a series of Allahs. If a master makes a loud noise and the Evid goes blind or deaf from it, he doesn't go free because he caused self-damage because he has Das, unless he grabbed the Evid as well, which is different than animal noises, which cause damage because damage of noise is considered significant as opposed to when it comes to an Evid Kanani, who's a person, his own Das is somewhat involved and therefore... He wouldn't go free in such a scenario. Now, if the master caused a functional eye or tooth to be non-functional, even though it might be weakly functional, but it's non-functional, then the Evid Kanani goes free. Regardless if it was healthy beforehand or weak, if it goes from functional to non-functional, the Evid Kanani would go free. Now, we have a machlaikis. If the master intended to help heal an eye or tooth with some sort of a medicinal procedure, and it ended up getting damaged and ruined, the Rabbanan say he goes free with this. Shem Gamliel says he doesn't. But all would agree that if he blinds a baby in birth, uh, meaning he's assisting the shifcha and he blinds the baby, the Evid would not go free. Even if the Evid was blind before and the master gouged it out, the Evid would go free. And turning to Chafayim Aleph now, if he removed an extra finger from the Evid Kanani and it was in line with the other fingers, the Evid Kanani would also go free. If it wasn't in line, though, the Evid Kanani would not go free. We're stopping at the top of Chafayim Amud Aleph. As is Hashem, we'll pick up tomorrow with Daf Chafayim. Everybody have a wonderful day.